Hello world, welcome back to our show. It's so good to be back on the show. I had a week vacation last week, but uh, Suze and Juliet were doing the show and I heard it was really, really good. So this is really good to be back and it's also great to welcome my co-host today. This is Jasmine. Jasmine, hello and welcome to the Tuesday show. How are you doing? Good. good. How are you, Laurent? I'm fantastic. I'm very refreshed and I had a, a few days vacation, so it feels really good. Jasmine, you and I are our longtime friends, right? But, uh, you know, maybe for the audience, can you say a few words about yourself? Sure. Hello, world. I'm Jasmine Greenaway. I am a cloud advocate here at Microsoft. I focus on education. So you'll see me and my team at hackathons and working with students. I really enjoy it um, as part of my work. So thank you so much for having me again. So, yeah. Oh, it's such a pleasure, absolutely. And it's great to have you here. And it's also great to talk about our next big event, which is coming, which is really around the corner. This is Microsoft Build. Build is personally my favorite conference. I don't know how it is for you, Jasmine. Same, same way. I feel the same way. I really enjoy Build every year. Yeah, this is fantastic, especially for developers. And of course, we love Ignite. We just had Microsoft Ignite. We do love Microsoft Ignite for sure. But Build is, I don't know, it's something special. And we have so many great memories uh, about, you know, going to Build in person in San Francisco, in Seattle, et cetera, et cetera. Now, this time, obviously, Build is going to be fully digital, which means that everybody around the world can attend Microsoft Build. We are going to have tons of sessions. It's from May 25th to May 27th. And it's uh, absolutely still time to register. So if you go to uh, mybuild.microsoft.com or just check our show notes at uh, ak.ms slash hello world, this is a place where you can go. And also something to know is that next week, uh, we are going to have a week dedicated on hello world to build. It's going to be hello build if you want. And uh, the whole week, we are going to have special programming about that. So this is good to know. And Jasmine, I think there is another conference which is coming up. Why don't you uh, tell us a few words about that? Sure, it's PyCon. So I just learned um, Python over the summer. I'm still learning. I'm always a learner. But um, this is my first PyCon that I'm going to be attending. And Microsoft's going to be there. Uh, there will be uh, talks from folks from Microsoft. So from, you know, uh, working in or adding stuff to your, your workspace or your workflow, as well as things as IoT and wearables. We also will have a virtual booth there. I'll be there on Saturday, so uh, be sure to say hello. And if you want to learn more about PyCon, check out the show notes below. That sounds really exciting. And Python is definitely uh, something that I have had on my to-do list for quite a while. I've done a little bit of AI and, you know, it sounds like something I should learn. So probably I'll check it out as well. And Jasmine, we have a, a very big agenda like every Tuesday and we can go through the agenda, please. Sure. So today, first, we'll go in, we're going to look at um, op the open source spotlight with Aaron and his guest, Ian Helen. Next, we will take a look at Launch Space, and we'll learn about Launch Space with Brian. Next, um, after that, we will take a look at File New Project with Scott and his special guest, Jess Wang. And then finally, we'll close out with Code Talk with Burke. Yes, Burke is back, and we are going to see tons of TikTok videos. I'm really looking forward to that. But before we do that, it wouldn't be Tuesday without Aaron and the OSS Spotlight. And today, we have another awesome guest. So I'm very excited to see how it is. So Aaron, up to you and your guest. Thanks, Hello, Aaron. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. 
Thank you. So today we'll be talking to Ian Helen, who is the creator and a maintainer of the Mystic Pi open source project at Microsoft. So Ian, uh, it's wonderful to have you here with us today. Can you tell me more about yourself and what you work on? Hi, Aaron. Uh, thanks very much for having me on the show. It's uh, interesting to see it from the inside for the first time. Um, yeah, so I'm a principal developer in Mystic, which is the Microsoft Threat Intelligence Center. It's part of Azure Security, but we work with product groups like Microsoft Defender, other security groups throughout Microsoft. And I work with a couple of colleagues, Pete Bryan and Ashwin Patil on building Mystic Pi and Jupyter Notebooks. Um, it's kind of an exciting time at the moment because we've just, even though Mystic Pi has been around for three years, we've just released version one of it. It's kind of tradition in Python world to stay in a zero point something for a long time. And we've, so we just got into adulthood. Fantastic. So I, I love seeing Python used in a security context. It's such a powerful tool for security professionals. Why use Python and Jupyter Notebooks for threat hunting? I'm kind of curious about that. And what are some of the examples of the types of threats that you're targeting? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and one I often get asked because it's not kind of obvious. So legend has it that Excel is most popular uh, tool for cyber analysts. Um, after that, I think comes Python. So Python's super popular with analysts and hackers because it's approachability, flexibility, and a huge ecosystem of tools. And Jupyter Notebooks, in my opinion, are like the best way to work interactively with Python. So they're heavily used by scientists, data scientists. They let you run code in an individual cell and you see the results immediately popping up um, beneath them, uh, whether that's a graph or a table or some other kind of results. So it's a great tool for exploring data because you can uh, run a bit of code, build a step, and then, and then add, add more cells, reference the earlier steps. So it's perfect kind of thing for cyber hunting. And we see notebooks in two main scenarios, or they could be used in others. So the first one is ad hoc hunting. And this is like the, the cyber scientist, if you like. So there's somebody who was code savvy, who charts their own course through the data. Um, and they want a tool set that just allows them to get on with their job to like to be able to invoke, not waste time kind of doing visualizations and stuff like that, but just get to the tools and uh, and find the bad guy. Mm -hmm. The second uh, scenario is pre-built automated notebooks when these are things that are consumed by analysts, but they may not know anything about the code and don't want to see the code. They just want the results. So um, for example, you might have a notebook that's triggered when an alert comes in and uh, it does an initial triage that gives information to the analyst to help them decide what to do next, whether to like, close the case or pass it on to somebody to investigate. Fantastic. So Mystic Pi brings the threat hunting and the Python together. And up until I encountered this at PyCon back in 2019, I hadn't seen anything quite like it. Can you tell me more about Mystic Pi and how someone like myself would use it? Yeah, sure. It's, um, so it's a collection of uh, cybersecurity tools, uh, mm -hmm. Python, if we didn't mention that already, um, to support security investigations and hunting. It's built to support the notebooks feature of Azure Sentinel, or at least it was originally uh, built. Uh, our cloud scene, but it's pretty independent of um, the scene platform. So we could also use it with Splunk, for example. Fantastic. Uh, kind of why we built it. So once you get kind of beyond the basics of uh, working with notebooks, the cells quickly get kind of cluttered with code. Like if you're building a kind of uh, complex analysis or something like that, 
And the next day you might find that you need to do the same kind of analysis. You've got to copy and paste the code from where it was previously. You know, there's a lot of like, a lot of code clutter uh, in you know, the ratio of code to results is quite, quite low. Um, so why not take all of this code out of the notebooks or as much as possible and put it in a library like Mystic Pi, uh, where we can properly test it, we can uh, improve it over time. And as a notebook user, you get cleaner notebooks and you can focus on the job in hand and not just, you know, like the intricacies of how to format a graph. So you'd use Mystic Pi in a notebook to give you three, uh, sorry, four main areas of functionality. So the first is data access. Like how do you get the data from Azure Sentinel or Splunk or database into the notebook? And a whole set of like built-in supporting queries to do common things like get logons from a host or get cloud activity. Secondary is enrichment. So I might have something like a, an IP address or a URL. I want to get more context about that information. I might want to know where the, the location of the IP address, um, maybe look up threat intelligence providers to see whether there's anything known bad activity related to the IP address or that website. The third area is analysis. And this ranges from fairly simple things like um, trawling through a whole uh, table of data to find URLs, even though they might be embedded in other strings or, or IP addresses or domain names through to more sophisticated things like um, uh, clustering, anomaly detection, time series analysis. And the final area is visualization. So two of the most useful visualizations for analysts are event timeline and uh, process tree. And we can see that on the screen um, at the moment, both examples of both of those. So they're built using the Boca package, which gives you interactivity. So you can zoom into particular bits on the timeline. You can hover over events and see details of those events. Uh, it's a very, very cool package, and we're very happy to be using it. And that's kind of Mystic Pi in a nutshell. Fantastic. Yeah, so I've put together a uh, landing page at aka.ms slash hello-oss with the links to the project, your Twitter, some of the Jupe put uh, notebooks and so forth, so people can try it out. And uh, really appreciate being on the show, and thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Ian and Aaron. Also, congratulations for getting to 1.0. Awesome. Next, we have Brian, who's going to be talking to us about the Launch Space Show. Hey, Brian. Greetings, Jasmine. How are you today? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. So tell us a little bit about the Launch Space Show. Yeah. So uh, my name is Brian Benz, a cloud advocate, along with Jasmine and uh, others you see on the show and elsewhere. Uh, and I host a show called The Launch Space. Uh, you can find it at akams slash The Launch Space. Um, we've got about 15 episodes done at the moment. Uh, and it's all about new releases, new features, and new offerings on Azure and beyond. It's a one-hour show. Uh, it's on Learn TV on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, I do want to highlight a couple of shows that I can show you the show page as well here on screen. Sure. Uh, here's the, the main show. Uh, you can see all the different episodes. We have a variety of topics. Uh, but the one I want to highlight right now is uh, May 20th, next Thursday. Uh, Mystic Pi, if you liked what you saw there and you're more interested in hearing more details, we have a one-hour show with Ian and Aaron, uh, and that's going to be 1 p.m. Pacific, May 20th, 
uh, and we'll dive into more details on that. But the show I want to highlight at the moment is this Thursday show, two days from now, May 13th uh, at 1 p.m. Pacific. And it's all about Microsoft's build of the OpenJDK. So Java has a JDK, Java Development Kit, that's available. There is an OpenJDK, which is part of the development process for the final JDK. Um, and Microsoft has created their own version of that. Uh, that JDK has been uh, customized a little bit. It's based on Java version 11. And uh, there's versions of it that you can download for Windows, Mac, and Linux and use them. Uh, we're going to highlight that on Thursday. We have my colleagues Bruno Borges and Rory Preddy who are going to come on and talk all about what they've done. Bruno's been highly involved in getting that new JDK delivered and arranging the Microsoft support and everything like that. And Rory is just involved with everything to do with Java on Microsoft. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that show as well. That's this Thursday, 1 p.m. PST. And then Mystic Pi is the following Thursday, 1 p.m. PST. Uh, on Learn TV, ACAMS slash Learn TV. And I'll put the uh, links in the show page here as well. Awesome. What's next? Uh, I do want to show you a little bit. So here's the page. You can go to that as well. It'll be in the show pages. Uh, this is where you can actually download the OpenJDK. And the idea here is if you have a VM or you have an app service, and it doesn't, by the way, have to be running on the cloud, you can use this locally. You can use this on another cloud provider if you want to. Uh, and you could just run this. Uh, it's compatible with version 11. Uh, and as I mentioned before, we have Microsoft support for it. Uh, my colleague, Britta Borges, had an announcement a while ago. Let me zoom in on that one a little bit. Uh, and he just talks a little bit about some of the scenarios under which you want to use that. Um, and then uh, I also wanted to highlight a learning path that we have on uh, Microsoft Learn. It's all about Java on Azure. Uh, you can get started with Java on Azure, uh, the type of Java applications you can use. There's a module about the right service you want to use because we have a variety of services, including uh, uh, Azure Spring Cloud, which is a Kubernetes version of uh, Spring that you can run on our Kubernetes cluster automatically. We have app service and we have virtual machines. And of course, you can run Java on containers. You can build your own virtual machine. Uh, we have a lot of different options for Azure. Uh, for Java. And then we've got a couple of quick starts about uh, deploying a Java web app to Azure App Service, deploying microservices to Azure, and uh, building a real-time event. Um, Jakarta EE application, for those of you using the enterprise version of Java. And it just keeps going. So there's a bunch of different modules you could use. Uh, it's a great learning path to learn all about the different things we have on Java. Uh, basic requirements, you need JDK 8 or more. Of course, you can use our open JDK for this. Uh, Maven uh, and the Azure CLI, which is a way to control uh, the cloud from the command line. Awesome. Thank you so much for, for showing that to us. Um, so before I let you go, I would really love for you to tell us one episode that somebody should watch in preparation for oh, Launch Space. Yeah. So all the episodes are great, of course. Uh, but there is one episode, I've got it on the screen here, it's, uh, it's all about uh, Dapper. So Microsoft Services Made Easy with Dapper. And the reason this episode sets it apart from the others is uh, Nitya Narishman is one of my colleagues. Uh, we had some great guests on that show, but Nitya came along. She watched the entire show and she created a sketch note. And the sketch note itself 
has all kinds of information in a nice graphical way, a really amazing combination of art and science that shows everything that we discussed in the show. It gives you a nice visual overview of the entire episode. Awesome, I love her sketch notes too. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brian. So next, I think we have Laurent uh, taking us to the next segment. Hello, hello, I'm back. And yeah, I love to hear about Java. This was actually my very first object-oriented project or, or language, I should say. And that was a long time ago. It was still in the times of GDK 1.0. But now it's time for Scott Henselman, and uh, he's going to invite a new guest on Far New Project. This week, Scott is talking to Jess Wong about her work on TikTok. Hey friends, I'm Scott Hanselman and it is File New Project and we're talking to content creators from all over the web. Today we're talking to Jess Wang. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm very well. Um, this is a question I'm asking everyone and I think it's a good one. Why are you making content? Why are you putting yourself out there when you don't have to? Yeah, it's a good question. So I've always really enjoyed storytelling. Um, if you look at my channel, it's all a bunch of stories about and my journey through the tech world. Um, and, you know, growing up, I used to watch these in TV shows, and that's kind of what got me through life and especially through college. Um, for example, I would watch Mayuko, who's a YouTuber. She's Asian American. She looks a lot like me. Um, she's just a few years older than me, and she talks about kind of her struggles in the Silicon Valley and imposter syndrome. And it definitely helped me contextualize my Asian American experience. Um, I watched Three Idiots, which is like a three hour long movie. And it talks about the rigors of um, being in engineering school and a lot of other stuff like that. And I think, um, you know, I would never come away with these videos with any sort of applicable intelligence. Like it wouldn't help me pass my tests. It wouldn't help me get a summer internship. Uh, it didn't help me finish my homework. That's for sure. Um, but they inspired me, like the stories inspired me. They helped me feel less afraid of the future. And, um, it reminds me of this quote I heard from somebody I don't remember, but it goes something like, uh, art is the ability to capture a deeply emotional feeling after it's passed. And I think that's what storytelling is for me. Um, I think it captures the feelings of stupidity, like if you fail an interview or confusion, like not knowing what you want to do, if you want to join a big company or a startup, um, a frustration when all your friends are doing better than you and having jobs and summer internships lined up, it, it captures all those feelings. Um, and just putting that, them out into the world and saying, hey, like, this is my experience. Uh, and then when people can resonate with you and say, oh, I feel that way. You know, I don't look like you. I'm not the same age as you. I don't even live in the same continent as you, but I feel the same way. It's a deeply calming experience and it, it gears me up mentally to kind of face a lot of things that coding boot camps and uh, resume gurus would not necessarily be able to help me with. So that's kind of why I put my stuff out there. It's interesting that you call, you're calling out both that your journey is unique and everyone's journey is unique and we should all share our, our journeys and there's validity in that, but also that in the sharing of our unique journeys, we're all the same. Yeah, it is. It is kind of crazy. And, um, 
You know, like one thing is I remember talking to one of my college friends a, a while ago and she and I were going through interviewing and all that stuff for jobs. And we were doing different companies, different experiences. But she told me, hey, Jess, you know, something I started doing was I started just not studying for interviews anymore. I would walk into the interview completely confident that fundamentally college had prepared me for what I, like I knew what I needed to know to work at that company. And even though sometimes I would get a question about linked lists or a graph and I wouldn't necessarily remember the syntax for writing it, um, I would just be confident that I'd be able to rederive it or just be able to speak with the interviewer um, with the shared understanding that, you know, I knew my stuff. And it was such a like interesting piece of advice because again, we're different people, different companies, different, even different tech stacks. But um, this like very philosophical piece of advice, uh, it was something that I actually took it with me to my interview. And I don't know if it directly correlated to me getting that job or not, but um, it helps get rid of all my nerves. Like I walked in and I was like, instead of being like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I've been studying for like three days and I, do I know this question? Do I not know this question? It was just like, okay, like it's okay if I don't know this, but I've studied for four years. That must have meant something. And I just was so much less nervous and like her advice really helps. And so it's that feeling of like, we're different people. We we're going to be working in different places in five years, but um, we've had that shared experience and um, mentality that we're all going through together. So, I appreciate that. Well, I think you are a great storyteller, and I appreciate you sharing your story with us today. And we'll make sure to follow you on TikTok and uh, the other platforms as you go and create content. Thank you. Thank you for chatting today. What an awesome conversation. Very inspiring, yes. Yes, I love it. Um, so next segment and our last segment for today is going to be with Burke, where we are going to take a look at some some code TikToks. And this segment is actually called Code Talk. Hey, Burke. Hey, what's up, hey. folks? Welcome to Code Talk Talk. My name is Burke Holland, and this is your weekly wrap up of tips, tricks and triviality on TikTok, a place to laugh, a place to learn, a place to lose two hours of your life before you even know it. Now, you just heard from Jess Wang, who's been making TikToks. She is the rubber ducky on TikTok. And <clears throat> did you know that when she started at Microsoft, they sent her a computer of a brand that she had never, ever heard of in her life. And so she called up to find out what the heck. Roll that first video. I have one of the possibly dumbest stories you will ever hear about my first month of working at Microsoft. So when I started, they gave me a bunch of hardware, like a monitor and a desktop and a keyboard and a mouse and all that stuff. And I had to set it up. I was working for about a few weeks and I got in a conversation with my manager. And at a certain point, I was talking to my manager and I was like, oh, I've never like seen this brand before. What is this brand? What is this brand? DY, DY, I've never heard of that brand before. And uh, my manager takes a look at my desktop and he says, Jess, your desktop is upside down. Yeah, so um, it's HP. It's not that I wasn't aware. I think I just blanked out and set it up upside down and I just never realized it. But yeah, definitely one of the stupider moments I've had, so. Jess, something I could totally relate to. That feels like something that I would do, although 
business idea, DY computers, <laughs> you know, just turn the logo upside down. Free logo too. <laughs> Excuse me. That's Jess. Uh, she's the rubber ducky on TikTok, and you should check that out. Speaking of ducks, our friends at Make Code are on TikTok, and they have a game that they would like to show you, but you got to guess the name. Roll that video. Okay, so can you guys guess what game this is? Every second, you have a random pillar coming in from the right to the left. Um, whenever you push a button, you jump a little bit. Whenever you touch one of those pillars, it's game over. And also whenever you hit the bottom of the screen. Um, every time you clear one of the gaps, you get a point. And also you're a duck and you're constantly falling. So, um, <laughs> any guesses? Uh, that's right, it's Flappy, I mean, Falling Duck. Yup, it's Falling Duck. Classic game, Falling Duck. That's the classic game, Falling Duck, you know, the one you grew up playing. So check that out. That's Make Code. You can actually build that game over at Make Code. Uh, so you should check that out. By the way, I don't know if you ever were into the Flappy Bird craze. I did download it. I played it for about 15 minutes and thought, man, this is, this is not good. Uh, anyway, that's all for that. Question for you, and this is an important question. What are you doing later this month? Like you, what are you doing? Do you have plans? Because Scott Hanselman's got plans. Go ahead and roll that third video. Oh. Ugh. Another team's meeting. Dude, then don't. Go to Seattle. I can do that? Yeah. You're the world's okayest programmer. Uh, yeah. Hi, right, whenever you're ready. 4C with cheese, please. All right, great window. Thank you. Second dose? Yep. All right, last name. Hanselman. And then relax your arm. One, two, three. That was it? Oh, that was it. Magical, right. thank you. In Seattle with humans. <clears throat> Super exciting. That's this month. Um, I don't know. There should be a link or something. There's we don't have a link. It's Microsoft Build. You should uh search the internet for it. But make sure you sign up. Uh I'll be there. You should be there. It's gonna be build, it's gonna be awesome. Last question for you. We're running out of time. Here's the question: Who wrote this crap? Roll that video. Who wrote this crap? Who wrote this? Oh, Oh, is right. No, I know exactly how that feels. It is always me that wrote this crap. That's all the time we have this week, folks. Apologies to our guest, Scott Hanselman, who we were not able to get to. We'll get to him next week. Back to you, Laurent and Jasmine. Oh my God, yes. Who wrote this crap? I could, I could totally relate to that as well. So this was an awesome show. We are already at the end. Jasmine, let's bring our guests back. And uh, first of all, we had the OSS Spotlight with Aaron. Aaron and Ian, do you have uh, some uh, call to action or something to recap? Thank you, Laurent. So uh, if you visit aka.ms slash hello-oss, you can learn more and get hands-on with Mystic Pi with some of the Jupyter Notebooks. Um, and Ian, you'll be with us later this month, this week uh, for PyCon, right? Yeah, we've got a couple of talks. Um, I'm doing a couple of talks there, so visit the Microsoft booth. 
to check those out. Fantastic. That's fantastic. And then after that, we had found new project and Scott Henselman is not with us right now because he's recording a lot of content for build, but we also had the launch space with Brian. Brian, a few closing words. Yeah. So check out the launch space Thursdays at 1 PM Pacific time, right here on learn TV. Uh, you can check out the show page at ACAMS slash the launch space this Thursday. 1 p.m. We have new JDK offerings uh, the week after. We're going to go deep dive into uh, Mystic Pie with Ian Helen. So looking forward to both of those shows. And uh, every Thursday, once again, 1 p.m. PST. Fantastic. And finally, we had Burke for Code Talk Talk. And Burke, all your links will be on ak.ms slash hello world in our show notes, right? I think so. If you say so, Laurent, that's where As always. <laughs> right. As always we'll take care of that. That's really cool. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So everybody's back. Uh, Jasmine, why don't you close the show and tell us what's coming up? Absolutely. But but before we close out, remember to register for Build. Next week, we will have a special week full of Build content. And tomorrow, Amy and Adam will be here, so don't miss it. Um, and next on Learn TV, we have another episode of Career Switcher Stories. So definitely check that out and hang out with us and uh, watch that. So thank you all. Thank you to all our, our guests. And again, it was uh, amazing to be able to co-host here. Thank you so much, Laurent, for co-hosting with me. And I hope to see you uh, again at the next Hello World. Bye. 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 Bye.